0: You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher process how healing often involves mystery. If we've had childhood trauma, we will think we need certainly to feel safe. But what if we can heal without knowing the outcome by focusing on just taking the next step? Listen in as Candace and Cher explore what it means to sit and ponder with curiosity and intention, letting our questions lead the way.
1: Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to be with you today. Good to see you today. We've just spent about an hour and a half getting caught up with just our lives and kind of processing through things that we've experienced recently. So good. And really just caring for one another in different ways. Yeah. As we were processing, there we noticed that there was something kind of emerging over a topic that. Actually, I'm going to use this word and it's also our topic, but it's it's the kind of the mystery of healing. So this feels kind of mysterious to us because <laughs> what we know is this, there are things that aren't mysteries. Okay. We'd kind of be like two plus two is four. I don't care how you word it, how you set it up. Two plus two will Always equal four. I'm sure there's somebody out there that can challenge me on that with some weird thing, but we're going to keep it fairly simple. But also, what we have said from day one is our hope and our heart in processing trauma out loud is just to provoke curiosity and to share our journeys and to, you know, hopefully give people maybe just a little bit of light for a step that they can take right away. And so the curiosity around, is healing like this linear step-by-step thing that's guaranteed if you do this, you get that? Unfortunately, we have to say no. Yeah. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah. And it's (laughs) so hard, right? Because we formulas are safe. And when you have complex childhood trauma, you are looking for things that are safe. And even as we go through life and we, you know, we age and we bump up against aspects of our trauma in our relationships or in our job or whatever. But we kind of want an answer. Just tell me, and I I can remember this so much, tell me what to do because I'm pretty confident if I know what to do, I can do it. But the struggle was just so often not really knowing what to do and having a very, very big resistance to embracing a mystery. Like I that that was hard for me to think that there's mystery here. And I will know more as I go further. But I'm not going to ever really have a formula
1: that that's that was hard. Yeah, what came up to me is it's a path of discovery, not a path of Having all the answers or a path of certainty, it almost can feel familiar to what our childhood felt like. Oh, yeah. Except the difference today is we have mystery coupled with tools and resources. And and we didn't as children. I think I told you, you know, it makes me wonder. So you have two people, right? They both have hit rock bottom. They both are feeling the pain of maybe not even understanding they have a story, but something in their life has caused them to hit rock bottom, whatever that looks like. But one person moves towards getting the help that they need and the other person actually stays stuck. Yeah. What helps a person say, oh, I'm ready to ask for help? The only
2: answer I can give to that is I don't know. I don't think it's willpower. A lot of people would say, well, one person wants it more than the other. And I would say, "Mm." I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. One person might or someone might say one person is more motivated than the other. Well, maybe, but I don't know if I buy that either. One person has more people engage and help them. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I I think as I have pondered that a lot, I think I, I just don't see any specific qualities or situations that are going to guarantee that if, again, if I do this, or if I connect with them, or if I can figure something out, I think it's it's mystery. And I think it's about probably the thing that I would give the most certainty to right now, it would be becoming familiar with sensations in our body. That has been really life-changing for me after doing a lot of other things that have been very long and hard and required therapy. And all those things are good and have been a part. So I don't know. For for some reason at this point, tuning into the sensations of my body has been remarkable. But I want to just say that I think the hard work of healing is probably more about just keep doing what you know to do next. My husband and I talk a lot about, we have a friend who used to say, go as far as you can see because when you get there, you'll be able to see further and then you'll know the next step. But a lot of times we do, we, we don't go as far as we can see because we think, well, I don't know what's after that. But what if we go as far as we can see and we just take the next step that is in front of us? I, I just wonder if that is more about
1: the work than trying to figure out a formula. Yeah, that's good. If you are being moved towards this work, there, there is a point we've talked about it being disruptive. We've talked about moments that you're even wondering, is it getting worse or better? Or we've talked about this feels too hard or too much. And it's, it's being able to slow down Mm -hmm. and usually having someone else because we were alone in our trauma as a child and it was too much. Yeah. So it it's that it's actually usually I'm just going to say for us it's been someone who is actually trauma trained and informed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it was someone that could help us pull back if we needed to. Yeah. To feel like we didn't have to have all the answers in the moment. It's like what you're saying. It yeah. it's just enough light. It's that moment you're like, "Ooh, I can either go back or stop." But the mystery of is there more for me? Could this lead somewhere different? Mm-hmm. And that kept us in the hardest moments, saying, "I don't want to miss out if there's more, right?
2: yeah. and when we when we have someone who can really engage with us in those moments, will move toward us. Right. I'm just even pondering. I'm just even thinking as you're talking about our conversation this morning, which we we talked about a lot of different topics, a situation that I that I was facing that felt overwhelming, a dream that was very dysregulating. You talked about a conversation that had elements that were just heartbreaking and and difficult and meaningful. And you talked about just a a connection that felt important. And all of these things that we talked about and that we can talk about now, like as though like this is normal life, like you just talk about these things. (laughs) But I mentioned to you in passing this morning, I had a bad dream and then I moved on and I kind of wanted to talk about it, but I wasn't going to really press it because it really was a hard dream. And so we talked about something else first for for several minutes. And then you said, before we move on, I just want to ask, would you like to talk about your dream? And I immediately said, yes, I really do. And I think so much about that little exchange feels profound that mm-hmm. in the past, I wouldn't have said that I had a dream because I would have been ashamed of my dysregulation. So I would have probably hit it. But if I would have mentioned it, then I would have been afraid that you would pursue me. And maybe I would have said, "Oh no, I don't need to right I, I I can figure it out on my own, but you did pursue me, and then you stayed with me as I went into it, and we didn't stay there for a long time, and I didn't feel like I needed to, but so much about that exchange felt so
1: meaningful to me
2: and even shows me how much I have healed that we could do that the way that we did that.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I could have moved on, but i Mysteriously, right? Had this inkling, like, ooh, I, I need to see if Cher has something she needs to process through this dream before we try to move on. Because you would have been holding that, but on my side, I noticed that in the past, I would have felt like I needed to have certainty for you, help you figure out all of this dream. Mm. And there were some elements that I did question you on. Yeah. But we actually kind of left that conversation with mystery. Oh, completely. And I'm thinking almost everything we talked about this morning, I think we
2: left unresolved, Mm. uncertain, and with some levels of mystery, almost every single aspect. (laughs) there you have it. We are learning. I think I think we're learning to embrace
1: that we don't need certainty to feel like we're grounded and we're okay. And that there's something about life that can be more interesting when we leave room for mystery not only
2: interesting but i think it also invites i can stay for example curious about the dream in new ways because we had the conversation we did i don't think i needed us to really just hammer it all out and peel it all back and dissect it and figure it out but i do feel like because we had that conversation and unraveled some of the mystery it allows me now to go deeper in a way that i wouldn't have been able to previously which I think is also so true in our healing journey, how often it has been little things along the way that seem like ushers in a light. So often I'll go back to someone and I'll say, you know, when you said such and such, I feel like that was a just a profound moment for me. And number one, often they don't even remember that they said it, or they don't remember that they said it that way. So it's, it's a surprise that it was even meaningful, like they didn't even recognize it. But as we ponder, as we sit and ponder the the mysteries that come up, it just opens the door to
1: more understanding, I think. Yeah. What you're saying, this, this is coming, sit and ponder. Yeah. It is this I don't want to call it a skill. I'm going to call it a practice, yeah of creating space to ponder the mystery of healing. Yeah, to ask questions to ourselves and to yeah. God. And you know, I, I sent out a message to our fam bam app today. So my husband and I and all the kids and, and their spouses, and it was about the tendencies of anxiously attached people. This is just my world, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Which is so wonderful. Anxiously attached people and avoidantly attached people. So I I just threw this out there and said, if anybody wants to share their thoughts. So what we know is that anxiously attached people usually have more of a drive towards growth or Mm -hmm. wanting to grow out of kind of a, a frantic place of, if I can just fix me, they'll want me avoidantly attached people actually don't have as much interest in growth because moving towards that they have a high sensitivity to to things that feel like criticism mm-hmm. or putting more on their list to be acceptable yeah and so it it's kind of easier for them to say you know it's not me it's all them <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, and that it feels impossible, right? As a person who leans
2: toward, I think, I think sometimes it, if you learn more stuff that you have to do, it's just that many more things that feel impossible.
1: Yes. Or that many more things that you could fail at and then more rejection would come. Right. So anyway, I was trying to break this down with some simplicity because we could go deep here because then I started getting the feedback And of course, one of them was, I do both. And I said, welcome to my chaotic world. (laughs) And it just ended up being a fun conversation. And it's making me think of, and there's so much mystery here in getting into our attachment styles. Who are those people that are, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, you almost feel no rest because you are frantically trying to fix yourself. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not healing right, you are set on avoiding listening, reading, having the conversation because you just can't bear one more thing that you would have to do to feel accepted. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah.
2: I love you naming it, sit and ponder. Th- th- this is the key to healing, sit and ponder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How do you heal? Just sit and ponder. Just sit and Ponder. Here, feel um, the sensations in your body and ask questions. There you go.
2: Yeah. Sit and ponder. Here's somebody talk about their story. Hmm. Sit and ponder. And I kind of love that in a way because it's simple. It really resonates with something that we have talked so much about, which is slow down mm-hmm. and you're ready to laugh. Okay. What's, what's going, what do you think there?
1: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about a few of my clients who they'll want me to give them homework yeah. and I'll say, well, I'm wondering if you can be curious about this this week. And yeah. they're like, Are you freaking kidding me? Be yeah. curious. <laughs> you know, that's not what they say, yeah. but it, I get it. I so get it. Once you start doing it, yeah. usually through, like, okay, I'll try this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But I have a question then too, Candace, about that because sometimes
2: I think we can get into the swirl of where our thoughts just go round and round and we can't really get them to make progress in a sense because yep. we just keep coming back to the same thing or the same same story or the same. What 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 about that? Like because sitting and pondering can feel scary if we've dealt with a lot with that, where we just ruminate, I'll use the word yeah. ruminate on the same things over and over.
1: Yeah. So, so let's say how we sit and ponder, Okay. not that we sit and ponder. So there's a difference between sitting and pondering with intention towards something. Okay. Sitting and pondering with no intention will suck us into the swirl. Yeah. So it's about the intention. Okay. And so what do you mean by that? Okay. You're putting me on the spot here. I am, but, I, but but I know what I mean. If I'm going to sit and ponder, I may set an intention to be curious about where is the voice of this inner critic coming from and what is it saying? And do I believe it? Hmm. So I'm setting this, I'm setting an intention to like, okay, so you're talking about ruminating thoughts. Why this last week, can I not stop thinking about this thing that someone said to me? Why am I overwhelmed by that? So I set this intention to get, get closer to the root of that. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, after I do that, if I still get tripped up in it, I actually need someone else to see what I'm not seeing. Mm Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I can, a lot of times the sit and pondering with attention, it will open up to me what's going on, but when it doesn't, someone's phone's going to be buzzing. Yeah. And
2: I think even having paper and pen can be helpful or,
1: or or artwork
2: you know be doing some doodling or or something while you're sitting and pondering might might even be more helpful than just staring off into space because it engages different parts of our brain in in yeah. the process of City. I and I'm thinking about, and I did this several months ago. I drew a whimsical picture of my childhood home where I grew up. And there were there was lots of good that happened there, but there was lots of pain that happened there. And I think that I look back on that process as being, I was really sitting and pondering while I was sketching and painting this picture of my childhood home. And so many things came up for me as I did that. And there have been a couple of other stories that I'm thinking about now, too, where I sketched out a picture of the way that a person looked in in the story or a particular scene from the story. And, And I just sketched it out. And as I was sketching, I wasn't maybe as focused on making it look like realism as it was an opportunity where I was sitting and pondering but the sketching, I think, really did help me process it
1: differently than just staring off into space. Well, like you were saying, you were engaging, you know, more of your brain in that process. Yeah. You know, think the thinking, allowing the sensations, the feelings, pondering how someone's face looked, how that made you feel, what thought came after that. And that that is one way that you've not only found helps you get some clarity and maybe what you need to do after that or not do. You help other people do that. I, as you were sharing that, I was thinking, "How hey, what what space am I in? Like I'm thinking, oh, I, I recognize what she's doing here, but it's not through sketching for me. This just came to me. I actually have that happen when I'm cleaning. Really? And I think it's connected to I'm moving my body, yeah. I'm putting things in place, I'm sweeping floors, I'm changing beds, we have the Airbnb, so I, I clean a lot. You know how much I clean. But when I get done doing that, sometimes I have to sit down and write things out because things are opening up to me while I'm cleaning. Yeah. Isn't that
2: interesting? Yeah. Sitting and pondering doesn't necessarily mean... Sitting. Sitting. <laughs> Sitting. Yeah. And doing nothing. And like I said, staring off into space. And it might mean that though. And I yeah. definitely have times when I can do that. Usually I have a journal and then I'll write as well. I like this thought, Candace, about just simplifying it down to it's not a formula. Mm-hmm. The, the healing process is not a formula. Not that there aren't little formulas from time to time that help, but slowing down making space even when you're cleaning you're noticing where your thoughts mm-hmm. are going and what you're pondering but slowing down and pondering and and noticing where we go and the things that come up and then how do we turn toward them with curiosity mm-hmm. it sounds so simple and i guess in one sense it is and it can be hard because sometimes things come up that are difficult but not too difficult and especially if we stay in that space of slow And if something comes up that is hard, we can still sit and ponder. Maybe not that same day, maybe the next day or a week later or a month
1: later. But keeping engaged with what comes up through curiosity. Well, I'm pondering something and I'm curious. So I'm going to ask you. Yeah. I'm curious if our next episode can be when we do allow that space. But we have this inner critic that is just beating us up. Yeah. And so we shut it down. Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like it's worth it. We just stay busy, stay distracted. Why sit and ponder if all I'm going to do is beat myself up? Yeah. Can we talk maybe next time about the inner critic? I think that would be
2: very, very good. Yeah, would love to do that. Good to be with you, Candace. Great to be with
1: you. Loved every minute. Me too, friend. Love you too.
0: Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at candaceshare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Pilot Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.